everyone, this is Kate McGaw, founder and CEO of Arclight Agile. I'm a certified Scrum trainer and I'm passionate about training leadership agility. And welcome to our podcast. And I'm Ryan Smith. I'm a certified Scrum master and a certified product owner. And our topic today is Agile Values and Principles. Um, we were just talking offline that we can drift a little bit away from them. So we wanted to get back to brass tacks and why is it we do what we do and how it really centers around these values and principles. So Kate, our agile values and principles, take it away. Okay. And I think one of the things that we need to remember is that we are doing all of this to have an agile mindset. And remember an agile mindset, we're, we're looking for a mindset that embraces challenges and isn't afraid to try things and if things fail then we we think that they're learning opportunities so when we talk about scrum and we talk about kanban we are looking at ways to have an agile mindset i know you and ryan ryan you and i've talked before we don't do agile we are agile as an organization but we do scrum in order to be agile so if we think about the agile mindset it's supported by the four values of the manifesto and that is defined by the 12 agile principles and then that's put into practice by an unlimited number of things. If it's Scrum or if it's Kanban or maybe it's just um, daily Scrums or retrospectives, any of those will help us have an agile mindset. But I think that the, the four values are critical, the individuals and interactions, the working products, the customer collaboration and responding to change. So the four values of the agile manifesto uh, but most people tend to be familiar with those. I think what they tend to forget about are the 12 agile principles. And we sort of we get further and further away from those principles. And what, what are you seeing in your organization or uh, the, as you uh, digress, shall we say, from principles? Uh, I think that's right. I think the principles are like, here's the four values. Oh, and there's these 12 principles over here. Yeah. And they're kind of, they kind of seem like an afterthought. Like we couldn't sort of fit them in. We wanted to keep things simple. And then here's this other stuff. And that I think is a mistake. Um, recently, I did an exercise with one of my scrum teams. I mean, we obviously have to do things remotely, do the retro remotely using one of these Klaxoon or Miro boards. And I just created a little four quadrant grid for each of the values. And then I created cards with each of the principles on. And I said, let's map these principles to our values let's let's just sort of like what supports what and how do we think about these and it was funny because a, a half an hour before the retro i thought oh my god the team is going to blow through this activity in about five minutes this is this uh, why did i do this You're like oh my what am i going to do with the other you know <laughs> 40 minutes of my retro like they're going to blow through this and i'm gonna and it was actually turned out better than I could have possibly hoped for. Like they had a real discussion around things. It wasn't like this goes here and this goes there and this goes there. It was just like, this could really be kind of both of these things. And this could really be, and like, what does this mean? And they, they really had probably like a half hour, 25 minutes, a half hour discussion about the values and the principles. Somebody read them all out. Somebody I didn't expect to sort of take charge of the activity. And it was a really sort of successful activity for them to go through them but also just to like 
refresh what these are and what they mean. And, and it was as simple as like, here's a value, map a principle to it. And, and they had a really good discussion about it. And, and it was like, okay, now we should be imbued by these to go forth. This is what we're using Scrum and Kanban to sort of live these things. How can you, what can we, how, what can we take away for our practice? How can we do our thing better? So it was I love really, you, love that. yeah, I, I, it was really like, I was horrified. I thought, <laughs> oh my God, this is the dumbest activity I've ever yeah. planned. And, and, and you love a retro and uh-huh. I fear the retro because I always feel like it needs to be a little different. I need to have yeah. a activity and I need to engage people. And, and so like the, the terror. Yeah. <laughs> like going into that meeting, I was like, oh my God, they're going to think I'm the biggest idiot. But instead, I wasn't even involved. Mm-hmm. I, I, I barely said anything. I was just like, I was just watching and like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they totally got it. And they read everything out and you could see yeah. them thinking about it in a way that they probably hadn't since the training. Like, okay, we're going agile. And somebody, you know, there was a slide or two and they blew past. Yeah. And I think it's it's one of the things that in the this Scrum Master classes, instead of me reading all 12 principles, I do an exercise called pocket size principles. So each team summarizes the principle into three words or less. And we mm. see all sorts of elaborate hyphenation. So it's one word and not and so on. But um, but it's interesting because it means everyone is thinking about what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that is very valuable. So if I if I'm teaching a new team, I, that tends to be the exercise I do. If I'm going into work maybe with a group of leaders or maybe I'm doing a reset with an experienced team, I will have them score the values out of 5. So for example, for principle number 1 where it says our highest priority is to satisfy the customer through early and continuous delivery of software. Or, sorry, valuable software. Um, and I'll say, okay, how how do you feel we're doing that? One, we're really bad at it. Five, we <laughs> totally rock it. Somewhere in between. And then I'll have them, each team go round and score the principles. And then we'll look at them and we'll say, okay, so, and we'll do this virtually or in person. So it looks as though, for example, n- number two, when we're talking about changing requirements, it looks like, everyone's given this a one or a two what's going on with this value and people talk about it and then I'll do the same for any of the values that scored low and then I'll say okay so let's turn this into a workshop how are you going to get welcome changing requirements from a score of two to a score of four or five what do you need to do as a team what do you need to do as an organization so I know we talked a couple of weeks ago about um, metrics, but this is one of the metrics I use. Mm. And then it turns into a working session. Okay, you've said this is two. How do we get this up to a five? Um, so I like that for more experienced teams because mm. it's it's deep diving into the actual principles themselves. And it's, okay, we recognize that. So what can we do differently to make it better? So you're almost retrospecting the principles if if you need to. Yeah, because getting them to look back and go, how do we do with these? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a simple question. It's a powerful question. Yeah. I think a lot of times as we get into the day-to-day of Scrum or mm-hmm. Kanban and we're 
obsessed with user stories and sprints and story points and, you know, moving things across environments, we can lose sight of this. Yeah. And it's, it's all kind of, this should animate all of those things we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's what I've been really recently trying to get back to is like, these are the guiding values and principles. How should this, how should everything we do be informed by these? And that's, I've yeah. really been trying to take that very seriously because too, a- too many people can fall into that project management, like sprint, 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 story, 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 point, yeah. point, point. And I want to get away and I want to go like, well, why are we doing this? Is this yeah. valuable? And another exercise, just thinking about this, this is where my brain goes in retrospectives, is that you could have your team, you could print all 12 principles on a piece of paper and have your team or just put them on mural and have your team decide, is that something we do well or is it something that we don't do well or is it kind of just okay? Because people people don't always want to score things. And then from the ones that we've put in the not doing so well column, Let's break out into different teams, go to different breakout rooms and brainstorm. We'll keep it all in one mural. So we're all adding to the same mural or mirror or whatever remote board we're using. How are we going to get that score up? But the team is actually looking at it for themselves as a team. So if they, they can either score it and work on it or they can just look at the ones that aren't going so well. You as the, the scrum master may say, okay, well, you think there are three that are not going so well. We're going to do three random breakout rooms. Off you go to your breakout rooms, brainstorm for 10 minutes. How can we get better at that? Okay, we're going to come back. Now go to another room for 10 minutes. What can you add to their board that they didn't add? And mm. then so it's almost like a gallery walk. So everyone visits them all. So just thinking of ways that you can introduce them at another retro in another style without them thinking they're doing the same thing again. Right, right. Right. Well, that's that I think is the trick to every retro is how yeah. can we trick people into inspecting? Not like, trick people, Ryan. Well, introduce I, alternative ways to look at things. Or introduce alternative ways of looking at it. It's like sort of turning something over, like we're asking you to inspect and adapt. But each activity we do is a different. It's like a, it's asking the same question, just different. Yeah. And getting people like it's a different. When I'm not when I say trick, I didn't mean. Like, haha, I forced you to inspect. <laughs> but just like I've asked the question a different way. You don't want to all that's why again come back to you don't always want to have the same retro. Yeah. What did we like? What did we learn? What do we want to leave? It's like people will after the third retro will want to kill you. Yeah. You want to be doing something like something that gets them to think about how they do their work. And there's a bajillion activities. That's why yeah. there's so many websites and so many suggestions for retro activities, because you shouldn't have the same retro. But yeah. anyways. Good, good. So, there are activities mm-hmm. to do, though, around the principles and the values. But I think we wanted to talk about which one is your which one's your favorite principle and why. <laughs> and you do. I can't believe, given my love of retrospectives, you even need to ask that question, Ryan. <laughs> principle number 12. For those of you who can't remember them off the top of your head, and I know number 12, um, at regular intervals, the team reflects on how to become more effective, then tunes and adjusts its behavior accordingly. So fish me, in a barrel. I was going to say, absolutely. That is retrospectives in a nutshell. But it's also daily scrum or daily stand-up because we're syncing our activities for the next 24 hours. So 
It is the team checking in and being allowed the opportunity to continue to inspect and adapt. And I am quietly horrified in class when I do the exercises that people score this one very low <laughs> because they skip retrospectives. It's almost like they're a plant of my classes just so somebody gets me to talk about retrospectives. But that is what, that's my favorite, but it's one that a lot of teams struggle with. The other one that a lot, I find a lot of teams that I'm coaching and training struggle with is the welcome changing requirements. Oh, um, let's 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 table that because I think that 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 would be <laughs> the next question. You jumped okay, ahead in the program, okay? Which is this could be the most challenging. What is your yeah. most challenging valuable? I, I feel like that's the most challenging, challenging one. So, what's your favorite then? What's your favorite? You know, one? it's it's tough because because I was a developer, as I always like to remind people. So there's a couple here that really speak to me on that level, or what I feel like we get the most bang for the buck. I love delivering working software frequently rather yeah. than these long time scales. I think mm -hmm. getting people to really understand like it doesn't have to be perfect. We just have to put something out that people can, maybe they'll touch it. Maybe they won't. If they don't touch it, we won't iterate on it. If they do, we know, you know, like that's yeah. a really good one. Business people and developers must work together daily throughout the project. Like you don't want a product owner to feel that they're like the other and they swoop in. It's just like, no, 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 you're a team member. Like I I work really hard to encourage people, like you are part of the team. You, you know, you you have to be here. Yeah. Um, I also love the face-to-face -face conversation because there's nothing that demoralizes me more when somebody goes, well, I left a comment in the JIRA ticket. It's just like, no, that's like the worst way to communicate. Like. Ping so face, some face, face face so are you so just a reminder when we're talking about remote you're meaning pick up the phone and do zoom pick up the phone like voice they to are, voice yeah voice to voice because yeah you're right if we were in the office and you were you know a team member and you were blocked and we knew exactly who was blocking us we would leave the scrum and you and i would walk over to their desk and we'd be like yeah. hey jane we need you to like da 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 da, da. And I tell my developers all the time, like, look at their schedule. And if they're not in a meeting, call them. Yeah. Like, get your answer now rather than like, uh, just the, yeah. the, 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 because this passive, like, well, I lob them a message. It's like, yeah. you try to reach out to them because that, that's what I miss about the office is the ability to be like, but we're going to, we know where this person sits. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go find so, it. and it's, 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 there's working software is the primary measure of progress. God, I love it so much. Yeah. And you I know, so I, I have a hard yeah. time picking my favorite because they all are doing such heavy lifting for me. Yeah. And I think a, a good one that we need to remind teams is the one around simplicity, the, um, the art of maximizing the amount of work not done. I was just about to say that. I was, just, thinks, I was just looking right at everything. it. We need everything. Well, no. Imagine this. You're building a car. Get the basic working model out the door. And then you can come back later and you can add the sunroof and the Dolby surround sound mm -hmm. and the alloy wheels and all of that. But it's just everyone... I think it's a hangover from a traditional project environment yes. where if we don't get everything in the first release, we're not getting it. And or, it's the... 
or it's the Nirvana fallacy. Yeah. And I literally just created a graphic with the band Nirvana and I wrote the Nirvana fallacy. Yeah. It, if it's not perfect, it's somehow not good. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, people let the perfect be the enemy of the good all the time. And, and I think if of the things I say to teens, don't let that happen. Yeah. It's okay if it's, we're just testing this out. Yeah. We didn't spend eight months building something that guess what? Nobody's ever going to use. Yeah. We got to get it into the hands of our customers. So to me, this, the, the yes. simplicity one lets us do yes. the, the working software, change the requirements, all of those things. The, the working software is the primary measure of success without number 10, the simplicity. Yep. We're trying to overcomplicate something. Yep which is should not be overly complicated. Yes, the product may be complicated, but we've got to get the basic working model first. Right, and it can't be, uh, uh, so often I look at the teams, particularly the stuff that comes back from QA, where QA wants to say like, nope, there's an imperfection. And it's just like, is this a real blocker? The thing doesn't work or is this a nice to have? Yeah. If it's a nice to have, we'll create a task or a bug and we'll put it in the next sprint, but this can go. And yeah. I said to the QA manager at Wonderwork, I said, listen, your people, if they ever tell you that we told them to that, that it was okay to push that through, you come see me. Because mm -hmm. the team, and I looked at everybody in the room and I go, everybody in this room, we all agreed. We, we told your people it's okay. Those are nice to haves. Don't penalize them for that. Because this idea that if it's not perfect, it can't go out. I had somebody the other day explain, you know, like, hey, this can go out. Well, what if a user sees it? They're like, our users are logged in for like a year. No one's going to see this. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, yeah, great. Send it out. We'll fix it next release. So that one, yeah, that may be my favorite. You're right. You've convinced me that of all the ones that are doing so much heavy <laughs> lifting for me. No, because it is, yeah. you see how animated I am around it because it's so mm -hmm. important. Yeah. So just like less to let us do more with less. Yeah. simplicity yeah yeah i think i think to me that is that that one and i also like the reminder that the the architectures and requirements and things best come from the self-organizing teams that the team themselves are it's a reminder the teams are accountable for the how the the mm -hmm. product owner will let the team know this is what our end user or our customer wants Mm -hmm. And the teams are the ones that come up with the how. And this is yes. one that often gets forgotten about when we move from more of a traditional environment to a more agile environment where we're used to giving everyone, this is everything that we want and this is how you're going to do it. Yes. And that's a huge mindset shift as, as we go to a more agile way of working. Yes. I, I, that, that, that one I think is, is so overriding for, for, getting teams to adopt because so many people are just waiting to be told what to do. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm yeah. here to give you the tools so you, you can do your best work. You are an artisan, you are a craftsman. Mm -hmm. I'm I, here's the thing that I want. And I think that that that's also getting business to let go of the control. Yeah. It's, it's because they want to say like, well, we need an API and it's going to do these things. And you're like, no, 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 no. Uh, you don't know that it's an API. Why? Yeah. End user doesn't know it's an API. So let's yeah. just get it's rid of that. I, so, I can use it or I can't. Right. And yeah. however the team, because the team's going to look at it and be like, oh, you know what? You get this for free. We already kind of have, we can extend this thing or 
-hmm. you're right. We're going to need an API, but that, that, that's a really good one. Uh, we've only got a couple minutes left, but we do want to get to the one that you find most challenging. <laughs> I'm allowed to and, come back to this one. Though. And, uh, and you're, uh, well, the, the one you were mentioning was yeah. the one I find the most challenging because yeah. I find it's the one that opens itself up to yeah. the most abuse. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, so you want to go with which one it was to remind yeah, people? Yeah. So it's, it's the second one. It's welcome changing requirements, even late in development. And mm -hmm. And I think it's one that it's a reminder that we can change the work that we're pulling into future sprints. Mm -hmm. But I think the reminder here is that we're we're not changing work mid sprint for the team. If we read it, it says even late in development. So it means we could be month 10 of a month yes. 12 project. We can still change requirements, but we want the product owner to protect the team and the scrum master to stop requirements being changed mid sprint. And that's but, where it yeah. opens itself up for abuse because yeah. people will read that as like, but I can change requirements yeah. and they've gone and rewritten a JIRA ticket. So now everybody's scrambled. Yeah. That's it's a little vague because I, I agree with you because I, you know, you, you're with a company that does quarterly planning and some people are like, but we've got to hit our quarterly plan. It's like, no, 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 we mm -hmm. can change. Like, yeah, we abandoned that project or, you know, yeah. that was nothing was happening, but like people will say like, but I can change, I can change requirements even late in development. And yeah, it just makes it seem like you can do that mid sprint. And yeah. I personally don't want to read it that way. Yeah. And I think the other one teams are struggling with at the moment is the sustainable development mm, because with really? the, the difficulty in hiring team members um, especially technical team members where I think a lot of teams are struggling to get and maintain this sustainable pace because they're so short of team members that they're struggling to, 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 to keep the amount of work and the velocity and things going. So I, I wish I felt more comfortable about that when I, I, I worry about longer term. Really? I'm, I, I find that very interesting. Because mm -hmm. I traditionally I found that, you know, as we go along the team, as they take ownership over the code and they get to know each other and they they have more opinions, like informed opinions about not informed opinions, they know how the product works and they can continue to develop it, it gets better. So I'm surprised that you would sort of pick that it's not really sustainable or that it, that people have issues with that. It's when people leave, though. Oh, I mean, well, I'm that's true. About, yeah, I'm talking about when people leave and people and there's headcount that they can't replace. Uh -huh. I mean, when the team when the team is static, when we we've got hit our we've gone through our forming, storming, norming, and we've got our high performing team. This I do not see a problem with an established team because they've hit their cadence and things like that. This one I, where I'm seeing it come into play is when key mm. members of teams leave. And right. we're struggling because we, we've, we've committed to a client that we're going to deliver. So what we're having to adjust is the scope of what we're going to deliver. And a lot of people are being required to jump in and work slightly longer hours and things, which we don't want um, because we don't want people burning out. Right. Right. And, and uh, you know, to be sympathetic, there's never a good time to leave a job. No, there's there's never like work is a rushing river. Yeah. You know, there's no break. Mm -hmm. You just have to kind of go when it's good for you and, and yeah. let the chips fall where they may. But that's also, I would hope, here's my hope for that. My hope would be that you are so delivering 
otherwise that somebody will give you the latitude you need to mm-hmm. sort of make up that loss and understand yeah. like team member X has left mm-hmm. for whatever reason it is, we're going to take a hit, but we're on track and you know, we've been successful and we've been delivering. We just ask that you sort of bear with us. I think if you're driving towards a date, that's a different animal. Yeah. Um, I'm, 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 since I'm typically doing scrum, my commitment is sprint to sprint as opposed to like with this date out on a horizon. Well, and, and this is one of the misconceptions that I keep finding teams have with Scrum. They're so, oh, well, we're doing Scrum. We don't have a delivery date. And I'm saying, so, well, you do have a delivery date, but what has to be adjustable is the scope. Yes. So, and I think that brings us back to something we said multiple times before is we've got to have a product owner who yes. can push back to the client or customer and say, this is what's going on at the moment. We're still on target to deliver at the end of December. However, we've got to look at some of this scope and see because not right. all of it we're going to be able to deliver. Right. You get there's two there's two parts to a project like that. There's the scope and there's the date. You get yeah. one, I get the other. Yeah. They need to yeah. sort of be negotiable to a degree. Yeah. All right. And what 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 do you what, what would you like to leave us? What's your final thought on our agile values and principles? Good discussion. I like it. We got our yeah. favorites. We got the ones we find challenging. What's your final thought? I think my final thought is make sure everyone in the organization is aware of what these principles are. Print them up. Put them some. Put them in the break room. Put them wherever you want them to be. But it's just a reminder that. Everything we do, if we're trying to be agile as an organization, is based on these principles. So let's revisit them, whether we do our three words or whether we divide them up into the values or whether we score them. Let's make sure we're revisiting them regularly so they're at the forefront of everyone's mind. I love it. I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to go do at work right now. (laughs) Great. Thank you for joining us today. You will find us on Twitter at Arclight Agile. You will also find us on LinkedIn at forward slash Arclight Agile. So share your thoughts with us on this episode and send us any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future.